Risk assessment is also very important. Hey there, welcome to the Chill Mom Boss Show, and I'm your host, Michelle Hong. Today in our Mamba Spotlight, I have someone that um, I have admired for a very long time. Since I was 18, really, so that's like more than half my life. Um, this is a very special person. She's also our first guest from Malaysia, and she's none other than Miss Carol Lee. She's a news presenter in Malaysia, and um, she's Mrs. Universe the whole world, not just in the country, uh, in 2013. So welcome, Carol. Thanks so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you having me in your program and being the first Malaysian you know, to be in your program. Appreciate it. Yes, <laughs> yes I've always wanted to catch up with Carol. And um, mm-hmm. and we just, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we'll do it another time, another time, another time. And it's just like, before you know it, so many years has passed. And mm-hmm. I, when I first knew Carol, she, um, she was still um, modeling. And I remember she was already Miss Malaysia. Was it Chinatown? Or you had you yes. had quite a number of um, titles, didn't you? Uh, not that many, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had, but no. At a point in time, it was uh, Miss Malaysia Chinatown in 1995, where I went to Hong Kong uh, to represent Malaysia uh, for the Miss Chinese International Pageant organized by TVP. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah, so I've always admired you for being very polished and uh, very professional at each of our, our shows that we're in together. And um, so tell me, so what happened from then? You know, from modeling, you went into uh, presenting news. So how did that happen? Um, yeah, because, I mean, if you talk about modeling, how long can a person model? We know very well that we cannot model for the rest of our lives, you know what I mean? Exactly. We will get older and, you know, no, no matter what, mm. you know, after a while, we will have to leave the industry. So, um, in actual fact, uh, during that transition period, I was also a kindergarten teacher. So I taught in a kindergarten because I love kids. So I thought maybe perhaps I should try that out before I set up my own. That if I were to teach in a kindergarten to see if I really like, you know, being in that industry. Uh, which after, you know, trying it out, I really love children. So that's one of my passions. Then when you talk about um, presenting the news, yes, I, after that I became a news presenter and also a TV host. I mean, it's just like trying out different industries to see, you know, if I like it. I do like it too. Because Mm -hmm. even in school last time when I was a a kid, whenever a teacher asked, oh, who would like to read out, you know, the whole paragraph from the book? And I'll be the first one to want to read it out. Somehow or other, it's it's related in a way. Yeah. Mm, Sometimes we don't realize what our true like inner inner strength or mm-hmm. what we actually like until we're like we're doing it and realize hey i've always been that person since i was young so that was actually one of the questions that i was going to ask like mm-hmm. is how are you as a young girl and do you think that as a young girl did you think that this is something that you wanted to do uh as a young girl no to be honest with you, because you know how it's like, I mean, during my era, <laughs> that's how most people call it. Uh, well, somehow or rather, it's pretty fixed. 
You know, there's a lot of stereotyping. And most of the time, the options that we have in school amongst all the students is like, we either become a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, a nurse, an architect. You know, it's, it's generally those. So at a point in time, yes, at one point I wanted to become a doctor. <laughs> then I thought to myself, hmm, maybe that might not be what I really like. Then I changed my mind. I want to become a teacher, which I did eventually, mm. you know, teach mm. kids. Mm. Uh, yeah, generally that was my ambition then, I would say, but never as a news presenter or a model or to own my own business one day. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very important because I think like, as anyone, right? especially women, we go through stages of our life and then um, there are people who've been in the job for like 10, 15 years and they want to try something new but they don't, they feel like if I've not had that experience in the area, I, I can't go there. So um, something that you mentioned earlier is that just, just go work in it. Right? You wanted to be a teacher, maybe start setting up a kindergarten of your own. So let's just work and become a teacher and see if you like it. So that's a very good example. And so what other um, advice that perhaps you would give someone who wants to try something new but is still a little bit um, apprehensive? Or apprehensive. Um, I think that happens a lot. Even myself, when I try to think of doing something new, it's always that, you know, hurdle where, where we have to, you know, pass or cross because, you know, it's all about being in our comfort zone. Let's put it this way. We are already in our comfort zone. It's just getting out of the box. So I think what's really, really important is this to be able to find out more about what each individual is keen to do. Perhaps, you know, there's plenty of information online. There might be people, some of their friends who might be in this industry, whom they can talk to, some books. You know, there are are many ways to look for information. And uh, to me, apart from finding out to do a research, is also to be able to plan, to have a business plan. Even coming up with a business plan, you know, some might be wondering, oh, what, what does that entail? Hey ladies, I'm taking a short break to let you know that every month I go live twice. So twice a month, I get together with the members of my community at Mumboss Academy to answer the most pressing questions of building a business from home. We cover social media strategies, how to ask for that sale without feeling icky, and the right setup to automate your business so you can spend more time precious time with your family and not in front of the computer. So stop wasting time and making expensive mistakes. Join us at michellehorn.com slash coaching to fast track your business success. Even coming up with a business plan, you know, some might be wondering, oh, what, what does that entail? If you were to go online, I tell you, there's an abundance of information, even, you know, a step from step one to step, you know, 20 of how to set up a business or how to come up with a business plan. Mm. So all these are actually possible nowadays with, you know, the kind of information that we have online. But then again, we have to be careful in terms of the source of the information. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. That's, that's, that's so true. Like that's, that's, that's the thing, like, there's really a lot of information. So um, how do you, like, find out which one suits you? Uh, well, sometimes 
sometimes it might be difficult to just look at it and say, oh, you know, it, it probably suits me. Because sometimes, you know, what I believe is if you do not try, you will not know. But then again, it all depends on the risks. So this one, you know, the risk assessment is also very important because especially if you want to do something to try it out and just imagine it's, you know, going to be very high risk. It involves a lot of money, you know, a set up uh, capital. Then we have to really think it over and plan it out properly mm. <laughs> and not just jump on it, you know, as and mm. when we want. Mm. Because then again, we have to be prepared for the consequences. Yeah, do, do your research. There's many online, obviously, and then probably like talk to people who have been there, been through yeah. it. And yeah. I think, like, yes, you mentioned about comfort zone, and for you know, someone who's someone who just wants to try something new, it's, it's just getting out of that comfort zone that's already scary enough. And for yourself, you know, you've made quite a name for yourself already. Um, in Malaysia and to like <laughs> go into and join Mrs. Malaysia and to go to Mrs. Universe. So what prompted that? Uh, well, that one was because of my previous experience as Miss Malaysia Chinatown because that time when I went to Hong Kong to participate in the finals, the world finals, I wasn't prepared. You know, I was so young, you know, mm. so, so green and everything. And, um, you know, there were butterflies in my stomach. I felt really nervous on stage. And, and I kind of felt that I had let my country down at a point in time when I didn't, you know, I, though I was in the top 10, but I was not in the top three. Mm. And I thought I could have done better. You know how it's like sometimes, right? When it keeps on, you know, uh, affecting you even after that whole event or whole pageant mm. has really ended. Mm. And you kind of thought to yourself that, hey, you know, I could have done better. Mm. So this, this uh, Mrs. Universe pageant kind of like gave me a second chance in life, which um, I'm really thankful to the late uh, Alex Liu, um, who owns ERM. Singapore yeah. and Malaysia. Yeah. And um, that was when I was given an opportunity to represent Malaysia again, but this time around, not as a miss, but as a missus, a married woman, mm. to represent Malaysia in the World Finals. And that was the time I told myself, okay, you know, I have to be very prepared, you know, for, for this pageant. And it's the same thing like a business. Mm. You know, number one is to do your research, to do a study on, you know, uh, what is this whole pageant about? What would the uh, judges be looking at in terms of criteria to pick a winner and to speak to some of the past winners or past representatives of Malaysia or other countries uh, to understand what was their experience like. Therefore, I'll get all this experience and then come up with a plan <laughs> in terms of, you know, how I want to do it and what is the main focus of the pageant. And at a point in, uh, at a point in, uh, in time itself, that was the um, forum on domestic violence that we had to concentrate on. Oh. I was very new in it. I wasn't too sure, you know, what it entails. But I uh, had joint venture or I have worked together with mm. Awang. It is an NGO. Uh, to fight for women's rights and to learn from them. And on top of that, it's uh, the time, I think it was in 2013, we had launched a nationwide campaign against domestic violence. Uh, we went to different states in Malaysia 
to uh, organize seminars, you know, to, to empower women to know about their rights. So I think all these are very important. But then again, after going to all those states, uh, I realized that um, this is uh, one area where it's not easy to, um, you know, achieve zero domestic violence at home because nowadays domestic violence is not just about physical violence, it's also about psychological violence. And another thing is this, it doesn't just involve women. Even men have been abused, you know what I mean? So, you know, these are things that I found out, I've learned, and therefore it gave me, you know, uh, more knowledge. Uh, when I go to Aruba, that was when I had the uh, international finals, to present it in a forum so that I know about what's going on in Malaysia and also to look at perhaps, you know, what other things can be done Mm. Uh, in Malaysia in order to improve the situation here. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's the one thing that pe- many people overlook. They think that beauty pageant is all about beauty. It's really beauty, about right? the cost that they support. So good on you for doing the research. It's really like, yeah. a, it's like a business, like you say, like you mentioned, find out who are the judges. Like how can you sell this idea to them? Like what's the cost and what it entails and all that. And, and since then, you are still very active in the nationwide campaign against domestic violence. Uh, after that, I kind of slowed down a little bit. Mm. I mean, though I, I was still involved mm. in it, mm. but it's just that I find it as an uphill struggle, to be honest with you. Mm. Because there's, you know, sometimes uh, for people like us, you know, there's just this much that we can do. We need a lot more people, a lot more departments, even the government to be involved in it. You know, it's it's the whole works of it that can make it change, you know, to break the cycle of violence. Mm. So, um, subsequently, I, I went into community work. That's all right now. Nowadays, I've been so involved uh, with my community here in my area and uh, to do, you know, whatever it takes, you know, whatever I can to make a difference, to make, you know, living in Montiara a much better place. Yeah. And, um, okay, that's like a natural question that will come up in my mind and I'm sure my audience mind is that, wow, you've got your job, you, you're a mom and you're involved in all the charities. How do you find the time? Well, I think the fundamental element, you know, in anything, you know, that we do and we try to do as many things as possible at a given time, we know we only have 24 hours a day. You know, and most of the time we probably sleep for about seven, eight hours, you know, uh, 24 hours. So we don't have much left. Mm. So what is very important is to have good time management. Uh, that is something that I have been practicing because to me, I, I don't just, you know, want to excel in one area. I, mm. I would prefer to have a balance in life, mm. you know, for my family, for my career, uh, for, you know, the community. And on top of that, to also have time for myself. <laughs> yeah, so like time management is very broad. So give me a couple of tips of what do you do that you think is slightly different from what other people do or what, what most importantly, what don't you do? What don't you like add on to your plate just so that you have time to dedicate to things that are important to you? Oh, wow, that is a little bit vague because it all depends on what <laughs> what uh, yeah, I need to do at that point in time. Because yeah. most of the time, then I'll, I'll look at my whole list 
of uh, tasks mm. or you know what I'm supposed to do maybe for the for the day or for the week or for the month then that's where I plan it out you know that time uh, I, I must admit that sometimes I get a little bit too carried away with my work but my daughter has been really very supportive at times she'll just remind me that hey mom you know you haven't really been spending much time with me that is a wake-up call for me you know uh, that's that's the time when I tell myself hey you know I, I have to stop you know at times even you know at times when we get too carried away we might just drag it on too late at night and uh, that is not healthy in the long run unless unless you know, uh, we know that, okay, within these few days, uh, we have to complete that task. Then I will negotiate with my daughter and I said, okay, can you allow me to do this, you know, just for these few days? And after that, the time is yours. Mm. You know, then, then, then we negotiate, we compromise. And uh, so far, she's been very, very uh, supportive. Mm. How old is she now? Uh, she's 12, turning 13 this year. Oh, yeah, getting a lot so older she's now. Very much an old person, you know. Is she like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like mommy? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she doesn't like, you know, to be on, on the stage. She doesn't oh. uh, like to become a, a model, even though when she was much younger, yes, she used to be very keen. In modeling, doing fashion shows. Yeah, I remember seeing videos and photos of you guys doing yes, shows. Yes, yes. Not for shoots though. Oh, in shoots, not really. You know why? Because in shoots, most of the time, there are a lot of takes, you know, take mm. after one take after mm. another. And you know how kids are, yeah? They have very short attention span. Yeah. And it's not easy to be asking them to do the same thing mm. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Just for the producer or the director to get the right shot, you know what I mean? So, you know, having kids is a little bit tough. That's why when I uh, used to bring her for shoots, you know, uh, I guess I was the one who had to put in a lot of effort to try to get her to do certain things, mm. you know, to motivate her. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so tiring, right? Like, uh, we need to, like, look good as well. And at the same time, can you do this, please, please? I'll buy you, like, gummy bears or something. <laughs> well, I used to I, I know, but off camera, you can see me jumping up and down at times, you know, just to get her laugh, to smile, yeah. and doing all sorts, you know, whatever it takes just to get her to be in that mood, you know, at that point in time, just mm. to get the right shot. Mm-hmm. And I also like how you shared earlier that, you know, and sometimes we do get carried away by putting too much things onto our plate, you know, work or charity, and then it's just a matter of knowing your priorities. So what are your top three priorities in life? Uh, I think top three as I, well, in actual fact, I don't really have a top three. I have top four. What I mentioned to you earlier on, yeah. firstly, definitely family mm-hmm. comes first, then uh, career, mm-hmm. and then comes my community work. If I can make a difference, not just the community, maybe to individuals, I'll try to do that because I find it very self-fulfilling whenever I focus out. You know, because in life, to me, it's not just about me, me, me. And I've also learned one thing. By focusing out, you know, trying to make a difference, it does affect me as well. It does build up my self-confidence as well. And this is something which is more long-lasting than, you know, sometimes you achieve certain things. After a while, you know, it wears off. But this one, it's constant. It's a permanent effect that I've gotten. 
So that was the third one. And the fourth one is definitely, you know, having time for myself. I think that that is something that I, I, I believe I deserve, you know, after doing so much. And mm. we just need a little bit of me time. Yeah. So do you, how do you spend your me time? Oh, I love to play tennis. <laughs> I can play tennis almost every day. But it's just that I have a lot of freckles, you know what I mean? I, well, it's genetics. So I have to be very careful uh, in terms of the time that I play, make sure I have sunblock or I cover myself up. Uh, these are very important. And apart from that is going for my massages. <laughs> I think this is something that is a must-have for me because... Well, I guess I'm not getting uh, much younger nowadays and I still sometimes play tennis or I move around as if I'm 18. And then, you know, certain muscles start to ache here and there. And I tell myself, okay, I, I need to go for a massage. I have a very good masseuse where she knows which point yeah, to focus yeah. on. And uh, I also have someone who is a chiropractor. I will only go to him if there are more serious, well, I wouldn't say injuries, <laughs> but you know, if I need more attention on certain parts of my body and, or if I need to go in for a total overhaul, that's where I go and see him. <laughs> it's so good to have like, you know, a, a trusted chiropractor, a trusted masseuse, right? Especially at this, you know, our age. Um, yes, but then with the MCO, it's mm, a little bit yeah. tough to be doing that right now. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, things will be a little bit better. And yeah. uh, I think what's most important is for us to, you know, practice uh, extra precautionary measures uh, to constantly sanitize our hands if we go out to wear a mask, even though it's not compulsory. But it is essential to me. Yeah, because these are the very things that are required. You know, when we go out, because we don't know, you know, where or which part, uh, you know, has, has the uh, virus. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's us at the end of the day yeah. where we have to, you know, uh, ensure that we also uh, practice like social distancing and constant sanitizing of our hands. Yeah, we just, yeah, that's, that's just, I think even if once all these are over, um, that will become a habit, right? Because a habit formed in 21 days, if that's something that we've been practicing, I, I don't see anyone going close to strangers in the public anytime soon. Um, I suppose so, but it's just that there are some people who get a little bit carried away, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> well, there's always one of, you know, of people like that, but I guess like in general, I think people yes. are quite... Um, yeah, for everyone, right? Sometimes like, yeah, I, and putting on masks is actually compulsory in Singapore now. They could find oh, you that's wear a mask. Yeah. 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 That's why even under CDC, they did mention that uh, even wearing cloth masks mm. uh, are generally all right. You know, it doesn't have to be a surgical mask, mm -hmm. especially for someone who is healthy. Uh, at least this is something whereby it's, it's more cost efficient to me because yeah. then we can wash it and then rewear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, who are, under, who are on the uh, probably underprivileged, you know, category, where they might not be able to afford, you know, buying masks. And you know how much masks cost nowadays. It's not cheap. No. So there, there are many ways in actual fact in terms of, you know, preventive measures or what kind of masks to wear. So I, I guess, you know, it's it's up to each individual. That's why I say it's, it's good to find out more from... 
uh, reliable sources about all this. So if we are more you know, informed or knowledgeable, then we will know what are the options that we have. Mm, that's good, that's good. And um, so how are you managing like, working from home these days? I think I've gotten used to it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Before that, uh, I guess maybe the first few days, it was quite a struggle. Mm. Uh, because, you know, then it's it's like, a, you know, a, it's too you much get a feeling that, hey, you know, already, it's, right? it's not something that you're used to doing. It's not really your routine. Uh, you know, there's a, you just feel uncomfortable. But then, you know, after a while, after a few days, kind of like, you know, sets in and I know very well, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's certain restrictions. So I'll have to adjust. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about changes because at times we cannot expect things, you know, in life to be the same. You know, there might be changes at times, so it's entirely up to us to make those adjustments. Mm. Yeah, I think the easiest is just to accept this is how it is instead of just going, oh, I wish things are like this, wish uh, things are like back to normal or um, 10 months ago or I wish I could travel and things like that. Those things yeah. will come, but right now just accept that this is our reality. It's true. It's true. I think it's it's good to be more optimistic about things. Or even you know, sometimes some people say, "Oh, why this? Why that?" It's not just about this uh, situation we're talking about. We're talking about all aspects of our lives. Mm. You know, be be in our career, our personal lives. It, there are times when you know there are changes, or there are things which is not what we expect. And therefore, we will have to learn to adjust it and then to be more optimistic about it and look at, you know, hey, you know, what else can we do if we cannot do this? And apart from that, it's about being positive about things. You know, it's just like doing the MCO for us here. What, what really came out of it, you know, something good, is that we are able to build a much better relationship with our family because we are all, you know, stuck in the same place <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah. And even with our neighbors, now we have a chat group where, you know, we share information about oh, where to get, you know, fresh fish or seafood or vegetables. And I think this is something positive that came out of it. And we started helping each other. Like at our condo, if there's someone who is older and who needs assistance, you know, at times we offer each other, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going out to the supermarket, do you need anything? I can get you something. So this is how we try to help each other during yeah. difficult times. Yeah. Whereas um, before this, we are all just busy with our life. We hardly even notice yeah. our, our yeah. neighbors. It's so true. There are good things that comes up of every situation. So it's yeah. always been a, a, a great pleasure talking to you. It's so motivating. It's so positive. And so before we go, what's the... One last advice that you would want to share with our audience um, in terms of maybe, um, yeah, trying something new. Um, well, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll probably want to repeat myself <laughs> from before <laughs> again, like what I've uh, mentioned earlier on. I think uh, wanting to try something new, uh, I guess in a way it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, whatever it is that we intend to do, we will have to do a study first or research, you know, to understand the subject matter better before we plan anything. So that would be the next step to go about it. 
And then again, whatever that we do, hopefully we can have our family into consideration as well. Uh, because to me, family is also very important. So I guess basically that would be the, um, I wouldn't say advice, but, you know, to share, you know, mm. what I think uh, would be good to have. Mm. So do your research and get the support of, of your family. Um, take mm-hmm. your family into consideration. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you so much for your time. Um, lastly, is there anywhere that our audience can make, perhaps go and find out more about yourself? Uh, right now, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just uh, pretty active on FB. Okay. I'm trying to be like you, you know, to be more entrepreneurial, uh, you know, to go online, maybe have my own podcast. Uh, this is what a, a lot of people have been asking me to do, which I had procrastinated before that. And perhaps you need to do your research first, right? <laughs> yes, I guess. You know, how to, you know how to do my own podcast. What should I get? What kind of equipment to get? You know, like all this, yeah. I need to understand better yeah. and uh, to have a, a stronger social media presence uh, because, you know, I mean, based on my friends and my family members' advice, that I can do a lot more through this as well. It's not just, you know, one-on-one, but through social media, you can reach out to a lot more people if you want to help. So um, that's my intention. Mm. And uh, I hope to achieve that in the next six months. <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess um, we will add those links on once you're ready. Let us know. Then we can just add this on onto our show notes then so more people can find you then. Thank you. Right. <laughs> you have a good day, Carol. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Now, if you like this episode, share it with your friends on social media. Tag me at The Chill Mom and every month I pick a winner and you could win a surprise from me. And if you'd like to hear more on how to build a business from home while raising kids and how to manage it all without tearing your hair out, subscribe to my podcast for more episodes like this one. I'll catch you next time and thanks for listening.